Can I just jump in here? Uh-huh. Serena is about to out herself on the podcast. So <laughs> this has been a big, well-kept secret up until this point. This has been a bit of a like ongoing joke with uh, with someone that she knows. She's about to reveal that she was the uh, the mastermind behind it all. So I'm like, I'm kind of excited for this. It's kind of fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, come and join the conversation in our Facebook group. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Today we are so excited. We have the first episode of our Self First series. And today we're going to get into what is Self First and we're going to get specific about Mm -hmm. it. This was actually a request from one of our community members um, after our first um, podcast episode about Self First. Episode number two, The Wisdom of Joey Tribbiani, if you haven't already gone and watched it. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I just got to jump in there. Like, <laughs> like if you haven't gone and listened yes. to that episode, it's worth going and listening to that one first because yes, you'll absolutely. get a really solid overview before what we're going to go into today. Yes, it will definitely give you a baseline to actually understand what we're diving deeper into. Yeah. Um, and when we started talking about self first and kind of coming up with things, we came up with what is the self first diamond. And they say that diamonds are a girl's best friend. We're going to scratch that and we're going to get into why diamonds are everyone's best friend. Actually, we're going to get into why one very specific diamond is everybody's best friend. (laughs) I mean, in general, I mean, like diamond, you can love them, you can hate them. But this one diamond, it's kind of helpful for everybody. Mm -hmm. This is an important one. Everybody needs this diamond. Absolutely. The self first diamond. Yes. Yeah. So the self-first diamond, um, we are for our Patreon and YouTube listeners um, on video. We do have the um, diamond. We're going to put a little graphic yes. up on the screen so that you can, it just makes it a little bit easier sometimes when you can actually see this and see it laid out. So um, we're going we're gonna to make that available for everybody to see. Yes. If they're watching on the video. Right. <laughs> um, so the first part of our diamond is the selfish. And selfish, again, is prioritizing yourself at best with dis- disregard of the impact it has to others and at worst, being willing to negatively impact others. So I'm sorry. I promised that I would actually introduce him if he came up. So this, sorry to everybody listening. I got to just interrupt this ever so briefly. This is one of my new furry housemates. He wanted to come in the background before and make his presence known. Now he's decided he wants to come and join us. Literally just, I got a paw on my legs if to say, can I come up and say hi? So say hi, Hemming. Hemingway. He's like, oh, can I go down again now? Sorry. <laughs> There we go. There was was a cat for those not on video. (laughs) Uh, There is a diamond on the screen and a cat. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. We're just going to, we'll pause the diamond graphic just enough to show you Hemingway and then we're going to dive straight back into the diamond again. Back to selfish. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I'll go over that. I'll start from the top. I'll start from the top again. Um, Selfish is prioritizing yourself at the best with the disregard for the impact to others and at worst being willing to negatively impact others. 
Now on the other side of the triangle or the diamond is selfless, which is prioritizing others at best with disregard to the impact on yourself Mm -hmm. and at worst being willing to sacrifice yourself. Both are rooted in unmet needs, and both are actually strategies just to get our needs met. Selfish is obvious. We're trying to get our needs met irrespective of others. Mm -hmm. Selfless is a little less obvious. Unless your needs are really well met, the seemingly selfless behavior will always be a hidden strategy to get other needs met. Mm -hmm. Normally, this is completely subconscious. We're not aware that we're doing it. Because our needs are the foundation of everything, unless our needs are being met, they will be the driving horse, driving horse, the driving. I mean, it could be a driving horse. We've had a cat on the show. Why not a horse as well? Big things coming soon. (laughs) So I will start over with that. Because our needs are the foundation of everything, unless our needs are being well met, they will be the driving force behind everything. They will always take priority even when we're not aware of it. Yeah. So that's really important to remember because we um, are conditioned to think you want to be selfless, not selfish. Mm-hmm. Nope. There's another way. Is there? There is. Wow. This tell podcast. Me, this tell po- me more. <laughs> this podcast episode is about it. <laughs> and that other way is self first. And what self first is is prioritizing your needs as these are your responsibility, Mm -hmm. at the minimum, ensuring that you do it in a way that does not negatively impact others, and sometimes in ways that positively impact others. Now, this directly relates to that interconnectedness piece that we consistently talk about. Mm -hmm. We have to take into consideration interconnectedness or we are not actually meeting our needs. And again, if you're not 100% sure what we're talking about with interconnectedness, go back and listen to episode five where we talk about that our ignorance be your education, where we go into interconnectedness and equity and we, we explain exactly what we mean and why it's relevant to the meeting of our needs. So again, we just want to remind our audio listeners, if you would like to see the graphic to get a little bit better of an idea of what we're talking about and have a visual, Um, There is um, the option to subscribe to us on Patreon or join us on our YouTube channel and you can catch the graphic there. Absolutely. If you subscribe over there on the YouTube channel, you'll be able to see the video previews of all of our upcoming episodes as and when they become uh, as as and when they're made available. So few things about self first that we just want to clarify and make clear for people. The first thing is it is very important to remember that the sequence matters when we're talking about being self first because so many of us are conditioned into worrying and thinking about what everybody else needs first that if we're focused on that first and foremost our needs aren't going to be well met in the process. So this is not about prioritizing what works for other people first and then finding what works for you within that. Otherwise, we end up prioritizing what works best for somebody else and just finding something that sort of maybe might fit a little bit for us. This is about first fi- figuring out the way of meeting the, your needs that works best for you and then doing a sense check as to whether it will do harm to others or whether it'll benefit others. So if it does harm, you start again. You figure out the way of meeting the need that, that, that will work your work best for you, what work next best for you, and then you sense check again. And you if it doesn't do harm um, and it doesn't benefit, you go for it. And you just kind of keep going through that process until you find the way that works well for you first and foremost, but then also doesn't do harm to others. And who knows, it might benefit other people as well, which would be great. 
So the other thing is what important to remember here is that self first is a conscious choice in how to respond to a situation and or to meet your needs. It is not always ex- applicable, especially in extreme situations. Now, quite often what ends up happening is when you have a concept like this, people tend to go to the extremes to try and figure it out or try and see where it may or may not work. The thing about it is if you're in an extreme situation, you're going to be in a trauma response and a trauma response is a subconscious response. It's not something that happens consciously. Your body subconsciously reacts to the trauma that you're experiencing. So the example that, that almost always gets kind of trotted out in these situations is, well, what if somebody had a gun to your head? And it's like, well, if somebody had a gun to your head, you're in a trauma response at that point. You're not necessarily going to be making a conscious choice around it. So self-first is probably not going to be um, like high up on the list because you're going to be in survival mode. You're going to be responding to the trauma that's in front of you. You're going to be in that subconscious survival mode, doing what you can to navigate through that situation. This self-first is more of a general approach for most day-to-day choices. And the thing about it is, is that in most day-to-day situations, you can almost always be self-first. Now, it's interesting, important to say here that what you will do in a self-first way, self-first way, sorry, might change depending on the situation. For example, depending on your capacity, depending on the location. Um, so a couple of examples, like what you would do uh, if you were well-resourced versus if you were running on empty. Uh, what you might do if someone is on the other side of the planet versus down the street. I mean, Serena gave the example when we started talking about this, about what she would do to help support me with a situation or how self-first would show up in her world when I I'm hearing key worse versus when I'm in the UK on the other side of the planet. Self-first is going to look different in those situations because simply what you've got the ability to be able to do in those situations is different. Um, The other thing is it might not be what you would choose to do if you were fully resourced. It's important to remember this is that... um, is that when we're doing something in a self-first way, we need to make sure that we're taking care of our needs first and foremost. If we are not fully resourced, we have to make sure that we're doing it in a way which is going to respect our level of capacity or actually build that capacity because it builds our resources. So the thing about it is, is that doing something in a way that is in alignment with your capacity is better than doing what you would like to do, but don't have the capacity for. I'm going to say that again. Doing something in a self-first way that is in alignment with your capacity is better than doing something you would like to do, but you don't have the capacity for. And the thing is, in those situations, normally these things are the things that would be nice for somebody else and might even meet other needs of yours, but would leave you you kind of drained at the root level in the process or in the lower um, sections of the tree. And the thing about it is, if it's not in alignment with your capacity, it's not self-first because self-first is about prioritizing your needs. If you don't have capacity, the prioritization of your needs is going to be the things that build your capacity, not things that drain it. That's the first thing. It's not self-first if it's not in line with your capacity. And the other thing is that if you are not at capacity, if you don't have the capacity, chances are you're probably unlikely to be able to do that thing that you would like to do in the way that you would really want to anyway. So it's important to be aware of that as well. Now, something else that comes up all the time when we're talking about self-first is 
What happens when you have other people that you are responsible for? And when we talk about people that you are responsible for, we are talking about genuine dependence here. We're talking about parents of children who are not uh, full adults yet, and therefore they don't have the capacity and ability to meet their own needs yet. We're talking about uh, carers of people who don't have the ability, capacity to meet their own needs. Um, We're talking about people who genuinely, even adults who don't have the capacity and ability to meet their own needs, they fall under the category of dependence. But it's important to recognize we need to be talking about genuine dependence here, not talking about intimate partners who are adults and who have the capacity to meet their own needs. We're not talking about adult children who are fully developed and have the ability and capacity to meet their own needs either. So it's it's important to recognize that it is this is different. Self first might look a little different if you are responsible for somebody else's needs, if you genuinely have other dependents, because then what it becomes is a balancing act and a balancing process between the two, which means that you need to make sure that you are not sacrificing your needs for theirs, that you are finding a way wherever possible to take care of your needs in a way where you're not going to sacrifice and compromise theirs and vice versa. So it's about doing doing what you can to meet both as best you, best you can. And there's actually an example that helps with this. And I don't like, I'm, I'm just realizing in this moment, I didn't actually go back and find out what the um, original source of the example I'm about to give you uh, is, but I'm going to put it in the show notes so you'll be able to um, go and check it out yourself. This was a post I saw, saw a while ago about the difference between glass and plastic balls. Now, what do I mean by this? So what they were talking about is the fact that a lot of people, um, and they were talking about like a working parent example they tend to have a lot of balls up in the air and the the fear is that and again when you talk about a working parent you're talking about somebody who has genuine parent uh, genuine dependence um, they have children who are dependent on them to get their needs met and also they have responsibilities at work as well and what tends to happen in those situations is that they're juggling all of these balls and they are terrified of letting any of the balls drop they can't they're terrified of letting the balls drop at home with their children they're uh, terrified of letting the balls drop at work. Now, what they talked about was the fact that there is a difference between glass balls and plastic balls and that not all balls are created equal when we talk about this kind of juggling act of trying to balance um, these situations. The same is true. Not all needs are created equal when it comes to the balancing of needs of you being self-first and also the dependence you have as well. And so sometimes you might need to drop a plastic ball at home in order to catch a glass ball at work. Likewise, sometimes you're going to need to catch a glass ball at home in order to um, by dropping a plastic ball at work. So the thing is, the plastic balls will bounce. It's not the end of the world if they drop. Ideally, you would prefer they didn't, but you need to catch the glass balls because those are the ones that are going to shatter and then are going to cause even more uproar and um, are going to cause more challenges to the situation if they break. So the same is true when it comes to the meeting of our needs. Sometimes you need to catch a glass ball with your own needs and that sometimes might mean dropping a plastic ball with your dependence needs. Sometimes you need to dr- catch a glass ball with your dependence needs, and that might mean dropping a plastic ball with yours. So we need to remember that not all needs are created equal, not all situations are created equal, and not all the balls that we keep juggling up in the air are equal, and we need to recognize which are the glass ones and which are the plastic ones. So for example, if you have a situation with your child, but you are physically ill, like you are unable to physically do what is necessary, sometimes you might 
have to miss a child's recital because you physically have to go to a doctor's appointment or you physically have to go and um, get some medication or rest in order to physically recover to be able to continue meeting their needs. Um, likewise, the, uh, the the example flipping it the other direction, um, if, you, um, if you're feeling tired and you would like to rest, but maybe your child is sick and they're awake in the middle of the night, sometimes you have to catch that glass ball of supporting your child's needs when they're sick and that might mean dropping the plastic ball of your rest yeah and it's an important need but you might be able to catch that rest at other times in order to find a way of honoring all of the needs that are present and finding a way of balancing that is selfish you're taking responsibility for your needs but you're also recognizing that you have a responsibility for the needs of the people that are dependent on you the other thing i will say with when it comes to dependence is that so often a lot of the time what we do is we think about them as being completely dependent, as in totally dependent, as in in, unable to meet any of their own needs. And sometimes that's, I mean, quite often that's not the case. Depending on where a child is in their development and depending on the capacity and ability that um, uh, another dependent, an adult dependent might have, there may be things that they are able to do for themselves. There may be things that they're able to learn to do for themselves. So we don't want to say, um, we don't want to completely take over their needs and go, I'm going to be responsible for everything. Instead, what we can start to do is we can start to teach them about needs. We can start to teach them about their needs and we can help them to start learning how to meet their needs themselves. When we talk about a child here, obviously, when we're talking about an adult dependent it's about finding out what needs are they able to meet for themselves and how do we um, support them in meeting those needs rather than trying to do everything for them and so again when we're looking at the dependents it's uh, it's very easy to get into this black and white um, uh, viewpoint with it which is like oh this is a dependent I'm responsible for all of their needs and therefore I have to constantly sacrifice my own in order to meet theirs the thing about it is when we learn about how to um how to help and support them with meeting their needs maybe they don't need us to do it for them maybe as a child they don't need us to do it for them maybe they just need us to be around to supervise so that we can give them a little like nudge in the right direction if the 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 shoes on the wrong foot or um, they've got an arm going through a leg rather than uh, when they're, they're getting dressed or the other way around or they've got pants on their head or whatever. That um, was me this morning. Oh, well, see, maybe you needed somebody around, but see, you are an adult who's capable of meeting your own needs, so you've got to figure it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the thing is that we want to be able to understand where we can support other people in meeting their own needs so that we're not taking the burden of all of that on ourselves. If we is our, our responsibility and they're not unable to meet any of those own needs then we need to um relook at that situation and say okay how do we look at the glass and the plastic balls and maybe where do we ask for help or where do we look for where are the resources to get support with our situation whether that's through family friends community the the government whatever it is seeing if there are other ways that we can get support so that we can um honor and and um support our own needs as well as the needs of people who are dependent on us so there's a number of different things oh hello i'm just uh, t- uh, got, got got into close contact with the uh, the pop shield there um but yeah there's just a few things to consider when we're talking about uh being responsible for other people's needs and, and dependency yeah and i'd you know i kind of joked in there about yeah. you know yeah. getting dressed in the morning but it, it's something that abstract that if claire came into my bedroom and i had my pants on my head she's gonna be like oh she's in a weird mood today <laughs> because it's not her responsibility to make sure my pants are on correctly and right. that is kind of a abstract abstract example right but it's one i mean there's so many needs that we meet for people that we feel are our responsibility like 
it is not her responsibility to get me dressed. No, I'd probably ever. be like, are we having a pants on our head day today? Like, did I miss the memo? Is that, is that the, is that the, uh, um, that, is that the, the theme, the, 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 the corporate uniform to today? Is that what we're doing? Um, like, I mean, I'd probably have some fun with it. Um, but it wouldn't be my, I, like, if that was a, um, like nine month old child who had no ability to put their clothes on the head on, on themselves at that point, I would just probably take them off and put them on. If it was a, maybe a three or four year old or even a two year old who is at that point where they're starting, where they're dressing themselves, I'd be like, Oh, Hey, I noticed that your pants are in your head. Maybe that they would work better on your, on your legs. Like, what do we reckon? Do you want like that? And then if they're putting them on, I'm like, actually, I think that, that, that's your, that's the left leg. Um, maybe you want to try the, the right leg in that one instead or like there are things so depending on where they're at and depending on what the capacity is you can help and support them in different ways you don't have to do it for them and this is one of the things I see with a lot of uh, that I've seen with parents in the past whereby um if the children even if the children are at a stage where they could do it for themselves um sometimes the parents will just do it for them I don't understand like short on time uh it's sometimes it's quicker sometimes it's easier and sometimes actually that is the way of doing things that is going to be the way of balancing those needs actually I just need to do it myself because we've got to get out the door right now because I'm late for a doctor's appointment or whatever it is and then there are other times when actually it, it would serve you better because you can do something else while you are helping them verbally to put their own, um, to get themselves dressed. So this is the, what we were always talking about with needs is that there's not one size fits all. It's not the same situation. It's going to, it's not the same way of meeting needs. It's going to work in every different, every single situation. It's like recognizing there are different things that are going to help in different situations. And those, um, so it's about checking in what's going to work specifically for this person in this situation at this time. I think one thing that's really important to kind of address is the real life examples. And we love giving examples mm -hmm. from our own life. And I actually recently just found myself in a situation that I didn't initially see as a place to be self first. And it really kind of hit me as like, Every day, everything, like everything I do can... It shows up everywhere. <laughs> it really does. Um, and just to give you a little bit of kind of the framework of the story, um, one of my friends does a crisp... Can I just jump in here? Uh -huh. Serena is about to out herself on the podcast. So <laughs> this has been a big, well-kept secret up until this point. This has been a bit of a like ongoing joke with uh, with someone that she knows. She's about to reveal that she was the uh, the mastermind behind it all. So I'm like, I'm kind of excited for this. It's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, ironically, it came out a little bit earlier, but I think somebody took the, uh, <laughs> took the load of um, ownership on it. So <laughs> yes, it was me. <laughs> And you, knew, just... you knew it all along, but yeah. <laughs> so you want to share a little bit about the story and how we kind of got there? Yes. One of my friends loves to decorate his house for the holidays and it's like he gets into it and he does an amazing job. Mm -hmm. And around Halloween, um, he he decided he, he should have gotten an award for his decorations. And I was like, actually, yeah, you know, like did a good job. Mm -hmm. There isn't an award for this kind of stuff that was in place. So... When Christmas came around, he did a, ooh, me with my hands again. Um, when Christmas came around, he decided he was going to decorate as usual. And I went to his wife and I was like, it looks really, really good. It's actually my favorite house on the street. I was like, I think he should get an award. And she's like, well, what kind of award? 
well, the award I'm about to make them. So I decided to make them an award after my favorite Christmas movie, um, which is a Christmas story. So the award... For those of you in the UK and other locations around the world, it's okay if you don't know with this film. I didn't know this movie either. It was something I only got introduced to for the first time this year because I was here for Christmas. So this is a... There are references in this movie that you may not understand. I wouldn't have understood them literally just a couple of months ago either. It's a really funny movie though. I, I believe so. Um, <laughs> I think it's one of those, uh, things like uh, this happens a lot where if you've watched something as a child and you have that nostalgia, nostalgia around it from a child, it's like, oh my God, it's such a great movie. And then somebody else watches it as an adult and it's like, okay. I mean, <laughs> it's not a terrible movie, but it's not the amazing movie I thought it was going to be, but that's because I don't have that nostalgia. I had this with somebody else, like, like one of my favorite childhood movies. Um, I, I got somebody else to watch and they were like, okay. And- I actually think it was The Labyrinth, uh, which is a kind of a, a little bit of a weird and out there movie anyway. Yeah, I guess you're either into The Labyrinth you either, or you're not. You either saw it as a child or you didn't. Um, and I saw it hello. a lot as a child. Did yeah. you hello? Say, hello? No, I said <laughs> um yes those of you who if you know you know um let's just put it that way um Uh, what mm -hmm. yeah 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 okay so but i think that's the thing I've no idea. We've no idea what's going on. We've gone on a little bit of a tangent. But just to suffice to say, I think it was one of those things like if you have that nostalgia around a movie when you have when you've seen it as a kid, if you haven't got that connection with it, sometimes you watch and go, Okay, cool. Um and I'm not saying that was my experience with this movie. I believe it probably but it was. Might have been my experience it, it with might this have. movie. It's a random it, it yeah, now I'm thinking it's about a it. It's a little <laughs> random, which, and there is a whole lot of nostalgia and history with it mm-hmm. for me. But um, you've probably, if you haven't seen the movie around Christmas time, you might see this leg lamp. The presence of the leg lamp in people's yards, on TV, and it is a beautiful, sexy leg with fishnets, and the lampshade is a skirt. And this is the uh, major award that was won. In this movie, mm-hmm. this lamp was supposed to be this big, the grand prize. The grand prize. Yeah. And so I made a leg lamp award and it was a um, a major award. And it right. said right on there and I, I typed in his name and um, the delivery is where we outed ourselves the first time. It wasn't so stealth. The uh, implementation of like nest cameras and stuff. It makes it really hard to sneak up on somebody's house, which is great for security purposes, but when you're playing jokes, really kind of makes yeah. it hard. So it was a big thing. Oh, who did this? And he was flattered, but at the same time, like, oh, what the hell? And Because it was a compliment. I right. really thought he deserved an award. So mm-hmm. what's saying I can't give him one? Right. So it went a little step further and it became a little bit of a chatter around the neighborhood. And somebody else that I was familiar with was like, oh, well, I never get an award. So I have a little, I'm like, ooh, he can get a Better Luck Next Year award. So I created this award and I was like, we're going to do the same thing. And my friend was in on it. Like, this is a great idea. How funny we're getting the entire like kind community, of community involved. involved. We're yeah. making it a bigger thing, a more fun thing. So I type it up and I put his name into it and I go to deliver it. And actually it was in a frame, wasn't it? Like oh yeah, it I, went, all, I bought yeah. a frame. I went mm-hmm. right before I bought the frame. I put it in the frame brand new. And 
First, I'm driving around a neighborhood that I am in quite a bit. One frequently, of my yeah. frequently one of my closest friends, this person lives there. Yeah. And for some reason, I couldn't quite get to where I needed to be. Now, Key West is a very, very small island to begin with. Like, it's easy to get lost. But when you're in a neighborhood that you know, like, you can get around. But something kept derailing me. And all of a sudden, it clicked. Like, wow, this could be harmful to that other person. Like, yeah, it's funny for us. He is. Sorry. No, oh. I had there was a there was a piece of fluff that was floating oh. <laughs> in the air and I was trying to subtly blow it away. And obviously you saw me do it and thought I was <laughs> gonna say something. No, I was just like I was just trying to go because yeah. it was coming straight at me. It was I just didn't, a weird like, I didn't want it to make me sneeze. Yeah. So that was what I thought was gonna happen. So apologies to those of you listening. I basically I had a piece of fluff going towards it. I went to blow it away and Serena thought I was wanting to interject with something. No, I was just having a little moment with a piece of fluff. You carry on. So to recap, we have yeah. a really funny joke that benefited funny. And there was a compliment was, to somebody. It was a compliment. And then to take it a step further, I actually had to in a joking in a it's all just Quote, good unquote. fun. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, this is funny. I was about to tell somebody they weren't good enough. Somebody who put a lot of work mm-hmm. into their setup. And it was, the irony was that this person put so much time and their their setup was elaborate and above bright. And, yeah. and like, yeah. they deserved an award that said, you did a good job. Right. If if anything, but I was about to go place as a joke something that said better luck next time. And as in, you weren't as good as this other person this year, given how much time and effort and energy had gone into that. And this is the thing is that so often we think about these things, it's like, oh, it's just a joke. Mm-hmm. But we don't know how much, like when somebody puts that much time and effort into something and you don't know what else is going on in somebody's life. And, 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 and let's be honest, a lot of people are walking around with self-worth issues. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about this in previous episodes. We're going to talk about this again in the future. We live in a society where self-worth is a a real challenge and a lot of people really struggle with it, which means that if we do something that further, um, even just as a quote unquote joke, there are so many ways to have fun and to have jokes with people that don't come at somebody else's expense. Mm -hmm. And that was the realization was that, hold on a second, it might, this person might see it as a joke, but actually the chances are there could be a little bit of a, oh, like that. Mm. It plants a seed, mm. a, a, even the littlest seed of doubt, like, ooh, did they mean it? Yeah. Like that right there, that ooh, like mm. that's mm. the impact that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to have on somebody, especially in this, this context where it, it wasn't meant to be, oh yeah, this is actually shit. It's like, Oh, ha ha, funny. Yes, you have a great, you you should know that you have a great display. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing is that you were wanting to, um, obviously, the, the whole idea of this and the reason that you wanted to do it was because you thought it would be fun. You thought it would be humorous. You thought it would be humorous and you thought other people would be mm-hmm. think it was humorous as well. But when that humor comes at somebody else's cost. It's not funny. Then it's not self first. Yeah. And it's really not fun. I mean, it's it, that's not that's not a kind of humor that 
that that kind of is in alignment with this self first off there's so many ways of finding things that are funny Mm -hmm. that that like the original one did it lifted somebody up and was like okay this is kind of a fun thing but actually you just did a really good job and I wanted to acknowledge that you did a really good job and it was done in a way where that was how it was received Mm -hmm. and that's how it was communicated was like we wanted you to know we do that we thought you did a good job and that's the thing is that there's a way of having fun that can benefit others and there's a way of quote unquote having fun that mm, maybe not yeah might not be so fun for everybody involved and that's you want it to be a communal fun if that's communal self first is community and and and, at the minimum you don't want it to do harm to others and you like that's the minimum so the minimum is we don't want to be doing harm to others and uh, sometimes it can benefit others so serena got a lot of got a big kick out of this whole um this whole joke like thing that went on over the holidays um so she got her benefit and also it came at the benefit of the person who got the original award but wouldn't necessarily have come at the benefit of the person who would have got the second award in fact it uh, it will almost certainly would have been at their detriment even if that detriment was just a little bit it's like well what's why is it what's the what's the benefit of that really what is the benefit of that mm. and if there's a way of doing it there where we don't need to do that that's the way we want to approach it and it was kind of funny I came home with my kind of tail between my legs and my head down holding my frame and my husband's like wait a minute you were just gone for like an hour and you came back holding the same thing you left with and I'm like self first and he's like oh (laughs) and he caught on to it right away and um my friend's wife that was involved and I was like operation off I'll explain later and then I explained to her I was like you know what it just wasn't in alignment like I realized there was that potential it wouldn't be a joke for that person. And I'm mm. like, it's no longer funny. It's no longer fun. And it's not something I want to do. And she was like, okay. Oh, yeah. like, And that's where self first can come in in these areas that I, I'm a jokester. I like, I, I like to stir the pot, but I'd never want to do it in a way that's going to harm somebody. Now, and there is always another option not to. Like, I could have come up with another way to bring somebody else into the joke. But at that point, I'm like, no, it, it served as purpose as what it was. We can... Right, and the, and the kind of the stirring the pot in the initial thing was the person not knowing who had done it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was fun, it was a compliment, and it was like, it's kind of fun that they don't know where this has come from. Um, and and it, there are ways of doing it where we can get that fun and enjoyment. Basically, at a base level, there are ways that we can get our needs met, there are ways we can meet our needs with these things that don't have to come at somebody else's cost. Mm-hmm. I know you've had um, some examples in your mm-hmm. lifetime, and there is a specific one that I can think of. So do you want to speak to? Yes. Um, so this one's less fun, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Um, so um, I had went through a phase where I had um, a very difficult relationship with my grandfather. Um, so we were estranged for some years. We've been very, very close um, while I was growing up. And um, then there was some a sequence of events that... Um, kind of hurt me um well kind of they hurt me and um so I that we talked about the um the orbits in um the uh, final one of the apology series I think it was episode 17 and like naturally because of how he was behaving he just naturally like came further out of my orbits like he was someone who was very close at one point and then um ended up moving further away and I put these boundaries down to to protect myself because I'd been hurt several times I was like I just don't want to be hurt anymore and um then what I found was that I was I had 
how the situation was playing out was that when I saw him, which I inevitably would do at different family events, um, that I was treating him different to how I would treat a stranger. Like I was actively avoiding him and I was causing me a huge amount of anxiety and a huge amount of tension. I didn't want to carry that around with me. Um, And I'm somebody who I'm, I'm friendly. Like I would, I would say hi to a stranger on the street, but I wouldn't say hi to him because that was part of my boundary at that point in time because that's what I felt I needed to do for a while in order to protect myself. Um, and then I realized that this this situation and how it was playing out um, was not healthy for me. I, it wasn't a, I wasn't doing it in a way that really worked for me and that there was a different way I wanted to approach it where I was still going to have boundaries in place, but I wanted to do it in a different way. And I wanted to kind of just put to bed and put to rest a lot of the um, the issues that had happened in the past. And I just wanted to be able to have a relationship whereby, um, and I use the term relationship quite loosely, where um, I could be civil, like I could see him and interact with him at family events. I didn't have to have a particularly close relationship with him. I didn't have to engage with him, but I could be around him in a way that wasn't going to um, affect me. And so uh, I reached out and I said that I, that I wanted to make peace and um, I, I wrote a letter explaining what I wanted to do and inviting him to meet up. So um, we went and met up for a coffee um, some in a little coffee shop in, in London. And um, it was a very interesting um, conversation because it was probably the first time that I saw him as a just a flawed human being um, rather than he was somebody who'd probably been up on a pedestal for a lot of my young kind of life. And um, so he'd always been somebody I'd, I'd looked up to. And at this point, I just saw him as an, uh, like, I was an adult, he was an adult, and he was just a flawed human being, the same as everybody who had had his experiences and it had led him to behave in a way that um, wasn't how I would have chosen to do things. Um, and it didn't really kind of work for me. Um, but we had a conversation um, and I, it was it was interesting to see him in that light where it wasn't like this person who was up on a pedestal. Instead, I just could look at him kind of as equals and say, OK, I can see I can see you for who you are right now. Um, and um, we talked a little bit about um, what had happened in the past. Um, I kind of referenced it and I said I didn't really want to drag it up or rehash it. I just wanted to be able to make peace and move on so that we could still um, be civil to each other when we saw each other at family events. Um, and long story short, I won't go into the, the depth of what was said and how it was said. Um, he wanted to, he really wanted to kind of address a couple of things so like in fairness so I, I went back and um, we talked about a couple of pieces um and he made this comment because it was at a, a point when I was working as a relationship specialist and um I remember this this moment where he, he kind of looked at me with this almost like look of disdain and he was like like when I explained the reason I put the boundaries up and the reason I responded the way I had and I apologized for any impact that it had to him of of the some of the choices I've made I wasn't proud of I was um, quite young at the time but I still wanted to apologize and own my part in um, the d- dynamic and how it played out and how much that might have affected him um, so um, I remember he got this look in his face and was like and you help people with their relationships <laughs> and um, and it's funny because it was at that point that my my inner teenager <laughs> um let me at him she let was me like, like ra- rose up <laughs> out of me um, and it's funny because the interesting thing was that 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 
that kind of nasty remark that he made, he was trying to make himself feel better about what had happened by putting me down and criticizing how I dealt with the situation. And it was really interesting because I could see at that point, I've been doing enough needs work at that point in time where I could see, oh, hold on a second. He's doing this. He's trying to put me down to feel better about himself. He's trying to meet his needs at the expense of mine. Um, Although my inner teenager didn't necessarily get that at that point in time. And I felt her kind of roar up inside of me. And I I was kind of a feisty teenager, to say the least. Um, And I had the, uh, I was very good with words and I had the ability to probably verbally eviscerate anybody if they crossed me. It was just, uh, it was one of the things that I learned as a protection or um, way of dealing with difficult situations. And I felt this kind of roar up inside of me. And literally, it was always like, I could felt this, 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 like kind of this energy inside of me wanting to just like reach over the table and be like, what the hell did you just say to me? Um, and wanted to fire back because that part of me was triggered. It was part of me. It had I had been harmed by his um, his words, um, because it sounded like I wasn't good at what I did. I wasn't that it looked at my value. There was a number of value needs that were like, ding, 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 ding. Things are kind of showing up right now. But because I also was aware of why I was there, there was a part of my conscious mind where that, like the adult in me was sat here going, and it was almost like everything kind of slowed down in that moment. Like this, like I felt this reaction. I saw him and it was like this, like where like I there was this kind of conscious part of my brain that that kind of paused and breathed and was like okay how are we going to deal with this and it's like I was able to kind of sort of say to that inner teenager like I get it I understand why you're upset I understand why you're angry how you feel is completely valid and let's deal with this ourselves later like we don't need to do this with him because the thing about it is that if I'd let that part of me react from from those triggered needs from those unmet needs what would have ended up happening was perfectly justifiably I would have been angry and I would have uh, responded not necessarily in the most mindful way and that's not necessarily something that is wrong or something that shouldn't happen in that situation but what ended up what would have happened was it would have further created more issue with this person and my whole thing about being there my reason for being there was I wanted to make peace I didn't want to carry this legacy of crappy energy and crappy dynamic going forward. I didn't want to have to deal with it anymore because it was causing me so much stress and anxiety and uh, upset and turmoil. I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to carry that anymore. And so what ended up happening was in that like sort of slowed down moment, I kind of spoke to that part of me and was like, okay, we've, I've got you, I've got this, we'll deal with this later. And I was able to take care of her needs in that moment and in that moment like I understand empathize with that part of myself and later on I went and processed how I was I was really angry I was there was a, there was a part of me let's, let's say put it that way there was a part of me that teenage part of me was really angry I'm really upset with him speaking to me like that because um it was not okay. And especially in, if you understand the wider context of the situation and the dynamic of what happened up to that point, it was like, this is really not okay. Like of all the people who have kind of dealt with things in an adult, like fair and responsible way, 
and firing that suggestion in my direction as if I'm not been doing that that's not really kind of that's definitely not fair because I probably been more of the adult in the situation than he had for quite a lot of the dynamic um but I knew I knew that I didn't want to carry on this 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 going forward with me and so what I ended up doing was I met her needs in that moment and I kind of took care of her so that we could then go and process it elsewhere at another time in a way that supported my needs but didn't create more crap for me to deal with later with this specific relationship and I remember I paused and I looked him in the eye and this was again one of the first times that I'd actually been able to do this adult to adult where I saw myself as an adult as an equal to him I didn't see him as someone who was better than me or someone whose affection I was trying to earn or someone who I was trying to impress whereas previously I think that's part of what would have what why she came up was she was trying she was constantly trying to prove herself and this person who whose opinion for such a long period of my life had mattered so much to me basically just kind of cut me off at the knees and said I wasn't good at what I was doing and I or or implied um that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing because I'm clearly not capable of dealing with my own stuff let alone helping other people with theirs um so I understand why that part came up but there was also another part of me it's like actually you know your value and you know what you do and you know that this person who knows nothing about what you do who knows nothing about who you are because you've had no relationship with them their opinion really doesn't matter because you know this for yourself. So I was able to kind of meet all of those needs in that moment. And I looked him, I looked at him across the table and I remember looking eye to eye and I took a deep breath and I said, I didn't come here to judge anybody else and I didn't come here to be judged. And it was like in that moment, because I didn't react to his his attempt to trigger me because that's what it was he was trying to hurt me because he felt hurt or criticized or blamed or whatever was going on in that moment he was trying to um hurt because he was hurt and in that moment it was like I neutralized the situation because I knew how to meet my own needs and I knew I was going to go take care of things later for in the ways that I needed to but I swear to God, if he backpedaled any faster, he would have gone through the wall behind him. Like, I mean, he was like, oh, no, 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 I didn't mean anything. Blah, 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 blah. Like, it was like it was the, that whole thing of like, oh, no, 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 that wasn't, that wasn't what I meant. And then all the kind of standard kind of gaslighty behavior and, oh, no, no, that wasn't what I meant. And that wasn't what I said. And you kind of took it the wrong way and blah, 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 blah. Um, but at that point, I think there was some, something shifted between the two of us where he knew no longer was this this dynamic that had been playing out with, I wasn't playing, I wasn't playing that game anymore. I wasn't involved. I chose to step out of that dynamic with him. And, um, there was something that changed and shifted in that moment. And by being self first, by taking care of my needs and my need was to walk out there, out of there, knowing I wasn't going to have to deal with mopping up crap from the past again or dealing bringing that crap from the past into future situations and I remember walking out of there feeling um uh feeling quite liberated and if I'd expressed that anger in that moment that frustration that was absolutely valid for how I'd been how he would how, how he'd spoken to me and how I was being treated in that moment especially in the wider context of how I'd been treated for several years um that I would have had to carry that and I'd been if I'd wanted to make peace again I would have had to have gone through this whole thing again which would have been more anxiety and more energy and more effort and so by meeting that those needs in that moment I was actually honoring what I needed because on one level it could have looked like well I was prioritizing his comfort over my need if my need in that moment had been to express myself 
to him and explain I wouldn't have needed to do it at him I wouldn't have been like there's ways of saying expressing your anger to another person without taking it out and letting your inner teenager reach over the table and grab him um there are ways of doing it where I could have said actually you know what what you've said just made me feel really angry there are ways I could have done that if that had been my highest priority need in that moment but actually my highest priority need in that moment was peace for me not peace for him not for the dynamic I didn't want it didn't want to come at his cost but I needed to create peace and that peace was not needing to deal with this crap going forward and I remember I walked out of that and and that's exactly what happened I still had very firm boundaries in place I didn't have close interactions with him I didn't have a lot of contact with him after that uh, point in time and when we saw each other at family events I felt because oh, I went and I processed and I dealt with that what had happened and I processed also everything that had happened up until that moment all the years and the experience that we, we'd gone through um, and because of that when I saw him, I was able to go up and have a conversation with him about small talk, as you do at kind of family events often. Here's what, how, like, oh, what have you been up to? Yes, I've been up to this. What have you been up to? Yes, I've been up to that. Um, and that was it. And I was able to walk in and have that conversation. And that created that peace for me. And I knew that's, that's what self first was in that moment, was me prioritizing what I needed most out of that dynamic and handling my needs and how I dealt with him in that situation in a way that was going to provide that for me and I was able to see him at several family events and it wasn't charged it was very neutral I got to say hi I got to be I basically got to treat him the way I would treat most strangers which was I would say hi I'd be friendly I'd have a conversation and I'd leave and that would be it and that was the end of it and I didn't carry anything forward I didn't I wasn't anxious or worried going into it it just removed all of that for me and it gave me peace in how I felt about dealing with those moments going forward um, and depending on if, if, if my needs had been different in that moment self first would have looked a different way but that's what self first looked like for that specific instance for that specific situation for me specifically in that point in time and I want to just add a final caveat onto this because I know that you've also got another ex- um, example that we want to we want to get to um, is that I'm not saying that how I dealt with that situation is how everybody should deal with every problematic family situation in order to be self first. Let me be categorical about that. You need to figure out the way of doing it that honors your needs and doesn't come at the cost of other, doesn't do harm to other people. And we're going to get into that a little bit more in a future episode as well. Um, But you need to figure out how to deal with the situation in a way that you need to. This is not being prescriptive, me being prescriptive and go, if you have a problem with a family member that's that's caused a strange, here's how you deal with it. No, this is the way of dealing with it that worked for me. It's about figuring out the way of dealing with it that works for you that makes you feel safe that honors your boundaries and what you need and the level of contact that you want to have or don't have like it's important that you figure out the way of doing that that works best for you um something important to remember is that self first can change in the same situation so you can have one situation where you're acting in a self first way and then being self first actually changes when the context changes or more information about the situation becomes available to you absolutely yeah so I want to preference um, my next example with a trigger warning. We are preface. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Let me take a sip of. 
We're going to start this next section with a trigger warning. Do you want me to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, because she's drinking some water right now. Um, just a quick trigger warning. We are going to be discussing some topics like mental health, um, um, mental health conditions and, su- and suicide in this next um, uh, sequence because it was those were the things that were relevant to the example we're about to give just in case um, we just wanted to give that tr- trigger warning to anyone who's listening. Um, so my situation, it... It was one that was a learning process as I was doing it. And mm-hmm. um, and as I'll get into with further discussion with Claire, we kind of, it, it really showed the change in situation can change where yourself first is coming from. Yeah, I received um, a couple of messages or actually random calls from a friend I hadn't talked to in, I'd say probably 15 years, if not 20 years. And we were in the middle of work and I, there was no context there was no voicemails there were no actual texts it was just this person's called I'm like oh that's kind of weird I haven't heard from them in in ages this isn't really a priority I put it aside mm-hmm. I then was able to connect with that person and they were reaching out as they needed some support I was in the midst of my own and this was over text, wasn't it? Yes this, was, yes, this was over text that we were actually communicating back and forth via text. And, and they didn't give you information about what, what the was situation going, was, what not was going on. It was just kind of a general, like, hey, yeah. how are you? Mm-hmm. You know, things aren't going great. Um, and she wanted to speak via phone. And at that point, unfortunately, I didn't have the capacity and I had to honor my own capacity And in being self first, I was supporting what I needed. So I was able to offer the support that I could in that moment, which is I can't be there via phone with you. I can't talk um, at this time, but I'm more than happy to help support you via text message. And for me in that moment, that was honoring where I was at. It was honoring my capacity. And I thought that I was able to be there in that way. I also want to note this person. It was another um, spatial situation as well. They were across the country. Right. So somebody across the country who I haven't talked to in 15 years the with no context as to what was going on. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where I can be. Mm-hmm. Then the context of the situation changed. I became aware of the potential threat to life that was there and being self-first changed. And the reason that happened for me is because it was a higher priority to show up for my needs than to show up to... It was a higher priority in my needs to show up than to rest and to honor where my capacity was at for getting into a conversation about random things, you know, how have the last 15 years been? Yeah, and I think I think that's the thing is that the, there was these kind of text messages and then what ended up happening was you saw something on social media that, that made it clear that maybe this was actually something where she was considering... Um, harming herself in some way yes and and all of a sudden where self first originally had been okay I need like I just I physically don't feel like I've got the capacity to speak right now I could but I can help you via text because I want to I'd like that still meets my needs to to offer this and as soon as you suddenly realize that hold on a second this is more this is not just a friend out of the blue, reaching out after 15 years um, just for a catch-up and how things are. This is potentially somebody reaching out for help and support because they're considering doing something to harm themselves. And all of a sudden, at that point, what what met your need, what were the higher priority needs for you in that moment shifted from being, 
um, I need to I need to handle this communicate like a general catch up after 15 years I can do that over text right now but I can't read it over calling the second you realize hold on a second this is actually the situation this seems like the situation that 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 root need for love and connection and uh, was more at risk mm-hmm. in that moment than your need for rest was and so actually that became the oh hold on a second this is the one that's kind of shouting for your this is how I need to uh, this is the need that I need to prioritize mm-hmm. that's what being self first looked like as soon as you understood the context and the 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 um the, the big, bigger picture yes because the impact my needs would have had if she had harmed herself would have been so much greater than the impact of my needs for not resting so for me to show up was actually meeting my needs. If I was like, no, I said my capacity, I need a nap. That nap wouldn't mean anything if something had happened. So Mm -hmm. I knew that I could rest more later. I knew that I could meet that need later. And this was the more urgent need. Mm -hmm. So what happened was I jumped from, I need to rest, I need to honor myself to, I need to go into action. That love and connection, that I need to make sure. And I'm honoring her and myself in doing that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I contacted my friends. Have you, you know, have you like been? Mutual friends, Mutual, right? yes, yeah. yes. Mutual friends that I know that um, they've been in contact with as well, making sure, okay, you know, it's, have they said anything to you? And after I saw the post on social media, I actually had a moment where I realized, you know, I need, I, there's something I need to do. I need to contact her mother. Now, her mother isn't somebody that I, I mean, we we were very close in college, and that's about the reference that her mom knows of me. So calling up... As in you and the friend were very close in college, not you oh, and yeah, the yeah. mom. Oh, yeah, yeah, me and the friend were very close in college. So their mother was aware of, you know, Your existence. who I was, yeah. and, but 20 years later, like, hey, this is Serena, not sure if you remember me, and... You know, I expressed some of my concerns, and at first, again, they they were like, "Okay, you know, this, you know, there's some challenging situations." And then I told her mother exactly what was said in the in the social in, media in the post. social media post, and her prioritization then changed, changed yeah, because it there was an immediate response needed. Yeah. So from that. From the change in self first, she was able to get the support she needed. And it was what I was able to do for her from where I was, even though it was miles away. Mm -hmm. I was able to help that situation because I switched. When the context switched, I reevaluated. Okay, self first, where's that priority? And the first time that I told Claire this story, it was it was kind of confusing. I was like, I was being self first and honoring my capacity. And and it was it switched. And the funny, but the funny thing about it is, is that I don't actually think that that's what happened. It wasn't like, oh, well, I've now got new information. Let me see what self first looks like in this situation. What happened was as soon as the new information became available, instantly you felt the shift internally to your needs. You knew, you felt what need was the higher priority for you at that point in time. And you acted from that place. Mm -hmm. That is still being self first. It is still being self first to listen to what your body, your brain, your heart is telling you that you need in that moment. And what all of those things were telling you in that moment is you need to help this person. You need to uh, contact other people who know her better than you do to see whether this is uh, whether there is other support that she needs whether you can help to provide that support by getting those people in contact with her and I, I believe that they ended up getting um, medical mm-hmm. support to her as well um, 
I mean, that's the thing is it what like this isn't always necessarily a conscious self first. If you're being intentional about being self first, it's always a conscious thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's actually just what happens when how we respond to situations, what feels more urgent is the thing that is the highest priority need. And what happens is that when we become aware of a change in situation, we become aware of more information, we, we get a change of context, all of a sudden you can feel it. I mean, if you mm -hmm. imagine like when you when you get hungry, you can feel hungry. You that you feel that and I'm gonna say for for the majority of people, I know there's some people who don't experience hunger in quite that way. Um I, I, but for the majority of people, you feel a sense of hunger, like your body tells you, I need this right now. And you, your body and your heart and your brain, they're, they're always talking to you. And that's the thing is that when you when you feel that pull of like, I need to do this right now, yes, we need to look at it and go am I feeling that I need to do that because I've been conditioned into this because this is the way I've been taught to be uh, to do things or the habits that I've built or what have you but actually there are some situations like this one where it wasn't a, where okay I've been being selfless because I've been taking care of my capacity and this is what I can give to this person I've told them that's what I can give to this person I can't give them any more and I'm putting my boundaries in place because that's what I need to honor my needs to hold on a second the second the situation changed you felt that shift and you responded to that shift in prioritization even without necessarily thinking about it and it kind of goes back to um, a phrase that we use a lot which is practice makes permanence right. and it's the conscious effort uh, or the conscious knowing the first initial act of being self first was honoring honoring my capacity and I in my mind it was like no self first like because I am a recovering rescuer I'm mm -hmm. you know I'm one of those people I want to be there but I do it to my detriment so often which wasn't helping anybody and there's a difference between being a rescuer and we'll go into this there'll be a whole podcast on this um in fact I suspect a series may be on the horizon on the the different aspects of uh victim persecutor rescuer and how this relates to needs and everything but there's a very big difference between being a rescuer and being supportive of people in your community and there is a massive distinction between those things and what you were doing like initially um previously you've been a rescuer this wasn't you being a rescuer this was you showing up in support for your community because it met yours and their needs to do so mm -hmm. and it's important to remember that our needs are consistently changing yeah. the needs that are constantly the constantly yeah. too yeah um the needs that are the highest priority are the ones to meet first mm -hmm. and the needs that are the highest priority can change with different context and information so you can't or with different situations or different time like different people like they can change mm -hmm. a lot frequently. and they can change in the moment as it did with my example and it's important for a while I was trying to wrap my head around it in the understanding of self first and it's like no that it does it can change mm -hmm. like that right absolutely and the thing about it is is that as uh, like as Serena was just saying um it's important with self first recognizing that practicing it is what is important self first isn't a one and done thing the more you practice it the more mindful you are about it the easier it becomes which means it's actually easier to meet your own needs as well because you're not costing your own needs inadvertently by negatively impacting other people's so we want to be like the more we can get into this practice of doing it and as Serena said um and again, I'm sure we'll go through the um, the um, levels of learning in another uh, podcast as well. That when you get something into a when you get into a habit of something, you actually start doing it without needing to consciously think about it. The, the best example I always give with this is um, when you, if you learn to, to drive a, a manual car, like a stick shift car, um, like when you first do it. 
You have to be conscious about it every time. It's like off the gas, on the clutch, change the gear, off the clutch, on the gas. Like I know the sequence, but I still have to, like if I'm trying to explain that sequence, I have to think about it. Like I really have to focus on it. But the interesting thing is when you do it over and over and over and over and over again, I change gears in a car, in a manual car without even thinking about it. I don't even notice I'm doing it because it's become a habit. It's become something that I've embodied through doing it so frequently. And the same thing is true with self first. Like initially you have to think about it a lot. And the more you, the more, um, focus you put on it and the more effort you put into, um, practicing it, the less, the, the, the more kind of automatic it becomes and the more embodied it becomes and the more you do it without even thinking about it and necessarily needing to be conscious as you're actually doing it. So I think that's it for today. Is there anything else you want to add? We'll get into it in the next one, our next uh, episode in the self first series. Absolutely. Um, well, in this, well, the the next one is a really, really important one. And this is something that comes up so frequently with the self first stuff, which is what is the difference between doing harm and taking responsibility for needs that were never your responsibility in the first place? So we're going to be looking at what the difference is because we talk about self first being taking care of your needs at the minimum in ways that do not do harm to others. Well, we need to understand what that means in order to apply self first in a meaningful way and an effective way in our lives. So we're looking forward to getting into that. What we'll say in the interim though is thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And um, we, like, we really appreciate you. We're sending you lots of love. Stay safe. And remember between now and next time to keep meeting your needs. Lots of love. See you later, guys. Bye. That's it for today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe rate and give us a written review as it will help more people find us. And remember, when you meet your needs in ways that do not harm others, the better your own needs will be met too. Well, shit, it really is that simple.